when I talk to people in the courtship age, you know, in the early 20s, I always tell them that dating, when you're really thinking about getting married, dating is red flag hunting. Dating is red flag hunting. You're looking at this person, but you're not just, shouldn't just be looking at all their wonderful qualities. You want to be looking if there's any landmines that you don't see yet. You want to make sure that if the person's a drunk before the wedding, well, they're going to be a drunk after the wedding. All right? Know that. If they're nasty before, they're going to be mean afterwards. Keep your eyes open before you get a ring and a license. And one of the things that I always tell prospective brides before they're engaged is, look at how he treats his mom. If there is any sort of disdain or eye rolling or anything like that, that's a big red flag on how he's going to treat women in his life. So, today when we hear this, this gospel of revelation, now we've been hearing about the revelation, and if you've ever tried to actually read it, it's a pretty tough read from a 2019 perspective, because it's written in very uh, apocryphal language, symbolic, and St. John is writing to bolster the people of the early church in the seven cities that are experiencing persecution. And he's intentionally using language out of the Old Testament to say, okay, you are experiencing this scary time, but these symbolic things are actually what's really, and that the Lamb will triumph. And that this moment we hear in today's gospel is the triumph of the Lamb. You see, the Bible begins with the wedding between uh, Adam and Eve. And then it ends with the triumphant marriage of Christ and his church, the union of these two things. And so we stop on this day as we hear about the bridegroom, Jesus the Christ, and let's take a look on Mother's Day. How does he treat his mom? First of all, one of the first interactions that we hear of them in his, at the beginning of his public ministry is at a wedding in Cana in Galilee. And she comes to him and she said, son, they don't have any more wine, which is a huge mistake in a wedding. These people are coming, journeying. They're staying for a week at least. You have to provide for them. And he says at first, what does this have to do with me? What does your concern have to do with me? And then she just sort of ignores that and says, do whatever he tells you. The first thing that Jesus does is he listens to his mom. Very good advice on the whole. So when I was thinking about being a priest, I went and told my mom and dad, I was a senior in college, I said, I think I want to be a priest. And my mom said, I'd love to have a son who's a priest. I'd hate to have a son who was a priest. <laughs> and I said, she said, why don't you do something that you've never done before? And I said, what, mother? And she said, get a job. <laughs> And it was great advice. I needed to grow up a little bit before I went to seminary. Listen to your mom is often a very good piece of advice. Another thing that's <clears throat> remarkable in, uh, as, we, as we pray our rosary is the, the assumption of our blessed mother, body and soul, into heaven at the end of her earthly life. The second lesson from this bridegroom on how he treats his mom is he wants to spend time with her. 
wants to spend time with her. In fact, it's all eternity he wants to spend with her. But he desires to spend some time with her. A third thing he does is he crowns her queen of heaven and earth. He honors his mom. And that means watching what you say and the tone of voice in which we say it sometime in how we honor our mother. Now, let's face it, Jesus, Mary, it's a pretty good combo as a mother-son, right? But let's look at Mary and how she was the mother and how he was able to honor her in such a special way. Think back to the finding of the child Jesus in the temple. The family goes to Jerusalem, and then they're journeying back to go back to Nazareth, where they live. And it's two days before they realize that Jesus isn't there, and he's 12 years old. Now, you might think, from a 2019 hover helicopter perspective, is that they were bad parents. No, 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 I think they were normal parents. I think that maybe you should attend one game a semester. I don't know, that's what we got. We had eight kids. Was it like this thing where they were on top of every single move? I think Mary gives a good example of giving a little space sometime. Because she couldn't text Jesus. She couldn't call him on the cell phone and a little space to grow. I sort of think now back, maybe sort of longingly when I was in college, and the conversation was long distance once on a Sunday. Because it was expensive. But I think space is a good thing that Mary gives her, her, her son. Another thing that Mary does is when Jesus is hanging on the cross and everybody else runs and leaves, she stays there. She sticks with them in hard times. Sometimes that's hard for other siblings to get. Sometimes it's hard to understand why, why a parent needs to put so much attention into one child at a special time. But Mary says, hey, that's okay. Sometimes you need to be there at the foot of the cross and to trust them and to trust in God's love even when we don't see it and when we don't understand it. That is the power of our Blessed Mother. So on this day that we celebrate the Good Shepherd, let's look at the shepherd's mom as a great example. An example of both what moms can be, but also how we as children can respond. Not just to our moms, our earthly moms, but to our Heavenly Mother in Heaven. The mom of a shepherd is who we honor today. Happy Mother's Day, and praise be Jesus Christ.